0: Welcome to Embrace the Unexpected with your host, Bernadette Butler. In this program, you'll learn how Bernadette and her guests were able to turn what seemed to be a negative into a positive lesson that they can teach others and give hope. Now, here is Bernadette Butler.
1: You never know what might have been if you don't embrace the unexpected. I'm Bernadette Butler, your host of Embrace the Unexpected, and my guest today is Karen Dana. Hi, Karen. Thank you for coming and being a part of the show this evening.
2: Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it.
1: Uh, Could you share a little bit about yourself? And Karen and I have something in common, so I'm sure she's going to share that, too. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Karen.
2: Um, I am a native of Arizona um, and love Arizona, and I graduated from ASU. I actually work at Voice America, and I have since 2005. And uh, what Bernadette and I have in common is we both have adult uh, children with autism. And uh, I'm very thankful to Voice America for... The opportunity that I've had to learn more about autism and help my daughter um, progress physically and mentally. So um, I'm a mom of an autistic kid that just is just doesn't quit.
1: Now how it, how old is she?
2: Um, I have a daughter, mm-hmm. Samantha is 25. She just turned 25 okay. in the beginning of February.
1: And uh, uh, Karen and I talked uh, prior, so uh, she, you got me to thinking. So please share some of the things that uh, you found out in this journey, uh, trying to find ways to uh, help your daughter with the uh, autism. Okay.
2: Um, when I first started at Voice America, um, our um, president, uh, he actually likes us to go after topics that we are passionate about. And so when I started at Voice America, Sam was, I believe, 11. And, um, I thought, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look into autism. It's my whole world. And at the time, um, at 11 years old, she's nonverbal. Um, she was not potty trained. Um I was told by doctors just basically that's what I was gonna get with her. And um through talking to different organizations, um I was able to contact a man, man named Bernie Remlin and he suggested that I speak to a man at, at Oranga with Autism One. And um through my connection with Autism One I learned of different modalities, um, to help my daughter. And, um, one of the, one of the things that helped her the most was a simple, uh, B12 shot. Um, after I was giving her B12 for probably a month, uh, she became potty trained and it wasn't mm-hmm. through me doing anything different with her. It was the connection in her brain of, you know, Oh, I have to go because she wasn't connecting that she had to go to the bathroom Mm -hmm. and, um, slowly, but surely I've, you know, been able to do different, um, modalities. I met a woman who, you know, told me to look at her thyroid, look at her immune system. When I looked at her immune system, she had no ability to fight anything. Um, so she was really, a, what I compare it to is when you have the flu and you can't, you don't have the energy to do anything. And that was my daughter. And, you know, slowly but surely, we've been pecking away at um, getting her body better and mm-hmm. healing her body. And through doing that, um, she's she's been doing so much better. Um, probably, I would say two years ago, she was tested for a gene mutation called MTHFR and B12 and methylfolate are the two things that help if you have this gene mutation. And one of the problems with this gene mutation is you don't methylate correctly, which means you don't metabolize. And my feeling is my daughter has, both gene mutations. There's two different ones, and she has both. And I know that my daughter's vaccine-induced autism. I know it's a huge controversial subject. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't something I wrapped my brain around until she was probably eight. And uh, I personally feel like the mutation that she has, her body doesn't methylate correctly. So when you vaccinate a kid like that, the the body is not going to do what it's supposed to do with the vaccine. And now,
1: uh, you so had I, shared before that, you, didn't you say that she was speaking? Didn't you tell me she was talking? Oh yes. and every- yeah, yeah, I actually
2: just um, in the last six months just um, just got my home videos put on DVD, and I thought, you know, this is great. I've been in the autism world for about twenty, some just over twenty years. So, you know, maybe something, maybe I wasn't seeing something. Maybe I wasn't, you know, aware. But now I've been in this world, of course I'll notice it. And uh, when I got the videos and watched them, it just clarified that she is vaccine-damaged. Um, she was typical. Um, there are videos of her at a, at a zoo chasing a deer, calling it kitty, um, hiding behind a beam, popping out and saying Boo and trying to scare the deer, Um, and it just, you know, solidified to me that, no, I didn't birth a child with autism. No, I wasn't in denial. I actually have video that my daughter was typical and regressed into autism. So she
1: had the the shot, after she started getting the shots, then you Mm -hmm. noticed something different?
2: Yeah. And part of the problem was it was the time that my ex-husband and I were divorcing. And mm-hmm. so the regression was slow and she was just kind of getting to getting more introverted. And so I was kind of connecting that with what was going on in our family. And um, but then it became more and more prevalent that, you know, this kid's not talking, not because she doesn't want to. She's having a problem talking. And so, um, you know, I'm not one of the parents that the child got a vaccine and then the next day, um, couldn't speak, regressed. I mean, it, it, from some of my friends, it was that fast. Sam slowly regressed.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And back, back when she was younger, um, I, I remember going to the doctor when she was sick and then saying, oh, she needs vaccines. Let's catch her up. And so, Um, that's something that they're very aware of now that when a child is sick, they do not vaccinate them because their immune system is already, you know, suppressed and it's already low. So, um, I do remember that vividly though, um, getting her getting vaccines that when she was sick.
1: Now, it is a controversy so mm-hmm. are there, are there doctors out there that uh support the parents that say uh the shots for the certain children um it, it is a factor in in causing uh the autism
2: oh yeah there's a large group and part of the large group is actually doctors that their child has been affected um you know, once once your child's affected, it it turns your world upside down, and mm-hmm. and so many doctors have just you know, once their child is diagnosed, just dove in and and uh, worked as hard as they could to heal their kids. You know, and and I I believe that it's a neurological disorder, but I believe it's a physical, um, it's physical problems. You know, their bodies are fractured and um, they just don't, their bodies are just, just fragile. They're just so much more fragile than a normal person. And, and, and part of what we talked about too the other day is if you go to the CDC website and you look up the vaccine schedule, um, mm. it'll blow your mind. And and it's a physical chart of how many vaccines they give kids now, and it's it's by the age of 18 months. And, you know, we talked about, you know, going to school and in first and second grade, getting slips sent home, mm-hmm. and that's when you got your vaccines, not when you were a baby, you know. And, no. and a lot of the things they're giving baby vaccines for is um, Hep B, which is a sexually transmitted disease. That, if your parents, you know, the parents of the child don't have Hep B, what is the point of giving a baby that vaccine? I just think that we're giving way too many, way too soon. You know, before a child has the opportunity to even get their immune system, you know, to be able to function correctly. We're shooting them with full of vaccines right at birth. And I just think that, that we're just going a little nuts on it. And I, I feel like, I, I feel like it's money and through, you know, trying to make money, we're really affecting our children. And I think that that's really
1: sad. I, Right. Yeah, we did talk about that because I told you I remember I remember my shots at school. Uh, my my mom didn't even take me to the doctors for the shots. Mm-mm. They came Mm-mm. to the school site and we all right. had to get in line grade by grade. And and we had our shot and we took that sugar pill. Well, it was a cube because of polio. Yep. They were eradicating right. uh, polio at the time. And it was a right. sugar cube that we had to take. Um, uh, mm-hmm. We didn't go to the doctor for that. They came to the school site and took care of that every every year.
2: Right, right. But it was when you were older, you know, you were six, seven years old, um, not a newborn. Not and I just think newborn. that we're too anxious about. Um, you know, they say, oh, you don't want these diseases to come back and you don't want everybody dying. But I don't remember people dying as babies when I was growing up. I don't remember, them, you know, I don't remember families having children die because they weren't vaccinated. I mean, we waited till we were older. And I just think that we need to kind of look at what we're doing um, and and step back, you know, because we're creating a whole nother monster. This whole group of kids that have vaccine-induced autism are going to be a burden on society. You know, my daughter, she's not going to ever be able to take care of herself. And so that's going to become society's problem if we don't step back. And, and it's not all or nothing, you know, I'm not saying don't vaccinate your kid at all. I'm mm-hmm. saying, slow down, you know, slow down and make sure you know test them for the mthfr gene mutation it's a simple swab and then you can know hey this kid doesn't methylate correctly maybe we should really slow down so um i don't know i just think that we're too much too soon
1: i think, really think that do. we should look at all options because it, it at times it it appears like you either all this or you're not. And mm-hmm. they're, uh, this, uh, they call it the spectrum now. Uh, right. it, there was no such word when Melvin is 43 now. There was no such yeah. word as spectrum. They said ophagia, right. uh They said uh, 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 sensory integration uh, uh, disorder. And they said uh, autism. Uh, so they didn't say spectrum. But I have been right. around and volunteered enough. And at the time, new parents at the time that had children uh, that were like Melvin, that had autism or sensory uh, problems, uh, mm-hmm. everyone varied. That's the thing. They're trying to cup all the children together, like right. your daughter with the gene. Yes, I think mm-hmm. they all should be tested for that. And so the kids mm-hmm. that have that, just like you said, slow down. And then for the right. other kids, it may be I know Melvin didn't uh, die. Uh, right. Red, red dye, And so I had like spaghetti. I had to stop cooking. Mm-hmm. I stopped cooking spaghetti because of. If it if I didn't smash the tomatoes and make it myself, I didn't buy it in a jar. Now, I learned that from this other uh, uh, parent that shared that with me. And sure enough, that helped me because Melvin mm-hmm. started out a little verbal. And I remember him saying, oh, this is my mommy. And then he didn't mm-hmm. say anything. He didn't say anything else. So I didn't mm. understand what was uh going on in all these years and talking to you uh really got my uh brain thinking, uh different thoughts now. Remember I shared with you the trauma Melvin had before birth. Right. Right. So I it, it's just it's it's um it's amazing, um Uh, This disorder is so different for Mm -hmm. everybody. So different.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, and the the hard part of it is, you know, once a child's diagnosed autistic, um, that's a neurological disorder. And by law, doctors don't have to look at them like they do a typical person. And um, in Arizona, thank goodness we have a, lady here and a group of women um, that passed a law that doctors have to look at a child physically that has autism, that they can't just, you know, smash them into the neurological. Oh, this is all neurological because these kids have physical problems. My daughter has horrible stomach issues. She can't hardly eat anything. And that all, you know, is something that they really didn't have to look at because she had that diagnosis
1: of autism,
2: which is is really sad
1: i and had the other, I didn't even know that mm.
2: a lot of people don't, and um yeah, it's I didn't realize it until these ladies that I you know was introduced to told us what they were doing and getting the law passed and um making insurance companies pay at least $50,000 a year for these kids' um, physical issues, not just, you know, pushing them into that category and and passing it off as, oh, this is a neurological thing. You know, hitting their heads, banging their heads could be stomach issues. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're, you know, just having neurological issues. And if they're banging, I mean, even if a kid's banging their head, it's like, don't you want to understand why they're doing that? That's exactly. not...
0: exactly.
2: Yeah, that's not a that's not a behavior that uh, anyone wants to do, you know, self-inflicting pain and um it's just it's it's been a very interesting um journey to say the least.
1: <laughs> yes, hold on to that thought, uh Karen, it's uh time for us to have a break and then we'll be right back. your world. Motivate. Change.
2: Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: If your organization is looking for a dynamic speaker who presents life issues in a down-to-earth fashion, contact Bernadette Butler, author of Living with Autism. At her website, BeButlerTheAuthor.com, Bernadette's life experiences and love of God will give a lift and hope to all who hear her. While on her site, you can find out about her books, videos, words of praise, joy and love, and many more resources. Visit Bernadette's site today at BeButlerTheAuthor.com. In her recent release, Living with Autism, God, Me, and Melvin, from Page Publishing, author Bernadette Butler creates an autobiographical account of the joys and challenges of raising a child with a developmental disorder, autism, and the profound strength she derived from her faith throughout the journey, from the beginnings to changes in her son's behavior, silence, diagnosis, and the outcome overall. Get your copy of Bernadette's story at Amazon.com or directly from her website at bbutlertheauthor.com.
1: listening to Black Friday every Friday here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Grow, evolve, change.
0: You are listening to Embrace the Unexpected with Bernadette Butler. If you'd like to reach the show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's one eight 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 three four six nine one four one, or to reach Bernadette Butler directly, send her a message at her website bbutlertheauthor.com. Now back to embrace the unexpected.
1: Okay, uh, we were talk- you were sharing about the head banging and it could be stomach issues. So talk a little mm-hmm. bit more about that, Karen. Um,
2: I just. I know that um, a lot of people look at me and are like, oh, Sam is so, you know, she's so calm and she's, you know, does so well. I honestly believe it's because I've looked at food allergies with her. I've looked at food sensitivities. And if she has a sensitivity to um, any food, she doesn't have it. And I think that a lot of these kids, I mean, I would go to her school that it's a, school for kids with autism, and one kid in particular, his mom would give him Diet Coke and um, Doritos every day, and he would bang his head, claw other kids, and I honestly feel like it's because of what he was eating. I, I don't even think a typical kid, if you fed them Diet Coke and Doritos every day, would be able to function properly. And I, one thing that since I've been in the autism community, um, one of the things that they've discovered is neurotransmitters are created in your gut for your brain. So the gut brain connection, um, is huge. And, and again, you know, when you have the flu and your stomach's upset and you're not feeling the greatest, how it's so hard to think, how it's so hard to function. And mm-hmm. I honestly think that a lot of these kids that headbang are in pain, you know, and they just don't know how to express it. And and if they're nonverbal, especially, not being right. able to, to,
1: to tell what's it. going on uh, with them.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, right. Right,
1: because Melvin did. Me. Uh, I remember giving him um, when he became a teenager. Uh, what is that? Oh, that red vitamin. <laughs> I can't even think of it. Oh, it's a multi uh, vitamin. Um, it, was, it was red. I
2: remember it. I want to say Life. One like?
1: a day, one, a, one day. a day. Remember, they used to have that red dye mm-hmm. one a day pill. Well, mm-hmm. I wanted to uh, start Melvin on, a uh, make sure about his vitamins. So I started giving him sure. one a day. And one day he mm-hmm. told me himself, he said, mama, don't give me that. that. That does something. He told me, he said, make me, it made me feel funny. So I didn't oh. give him that. I didn't give him that anymore. Now my right. pet my pet peeve is that unfortunately, uh, what happened with uh, me was uh, I'm not I am not with his dad anymore. But prior mm-hmm. to that, uh, at that time, you you had to go to court to still have uh, custody uh, with an adult disabled. Uh, And he wouldn't, he he would not do it and he would not uh, support me in doing that. So
2: getting guardianship.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. And so Melvin, uh, when you, when you do that, then the state. Now I, I did not have Melvin on medication, Mm -hmm. but once the state took over, Melvin's on medication. Mm. And and they and and to me that seems like they're that's their remedy for everything too just give them medication.
2: Right. Right, instead of looking for the cause. Yes. Just medicate
1: uh, it. Right. It, it, uh uh autism is not a flu i remember i uh, had a guest on Maddie, you know it's not mm-hmm. symptomatic like a flu or or the pink eye okay that's what you got i give you this medicine it's like right. they try, it, it's like they try every kind of something to to get them to uh uh behave and act in a in a certain way and um, so they,
2: and- Trying to sedate them, I don't, you know, I don't agree with just sedating kids. You know, there's a reason they're acting that way. Um, You know, just last year, Sam wasn't sleeping. I mean, when I say not sleeping, she was not sleeping. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, I talked to her doctor and we went over the MTHFR and we weren't giving her methylfolate at the time. And so I went home and got methylfolate and she slept that night after giving her methylfolate. Mm. Her body just needed it. And she was so wired, you know, and I could have thrown sleeping pills at her. I could have, you know, tried everything and anything. And it, it wasn't even, I mean, anything I was trying to help her sleep wasn't helping because she needed the methylfolate.
1: Well, so just, uh, when, Mel, when Melvin was younger, did Sam, Melvin was hyper uh, when he was mm-hmm. younger. And they mm-hmm. tried um, Ritalin and Siler, which both of them was not his friend. I know it right. It worked for some uh Kids, you know the parents, they uh, they say, oh, they helped so much. Well, it did the opposite with Melvin. It made him oh, no. uh, hallucinate. Oh
2: no.
1: hmm And so I, I and I wasn't giving him the full pill. I gave him, I gave him a half. The doctor said, give him a whole pill. I first I cut it in half just to see and. And the uh, teacher called me and said, "Oh, uh, Bernadette, that he, he's hallucinating." So mm-hmm. I just i i didn't give him those things uh, anymore. But mm-hmm. then I met another lady said, "Hey, try coffee, because she tried coffee with her son, <laughs> and it did the opposite. You know, it didn't it didn't make him hyper, but it actually." Mm-hmm. Um, a uh, a uh, calm kept them him calm so i give him a uh he didn't know what he was drinking anyway when he was younger he just take a sip uh-huh. and then that was okay it did the op- it had the opposite effect on him
2: i have heard that for add that um people especially kids with add or adhd
1: That's giving what him he had.
2: caffeine calms them down
1: mhm he had he he had autism and he at the time had ADHD now that ADHD mm-hmm. did not stay with him for some it it gradually that went away uh-huh. and then once he his attention uh, span increased um, that that was a, a non a non-issue uh, after that so I'm thinking mm-hmm. Sam didn't have the ADHD did she?
2: Um, she was never diagnosed with it, but, um,
1: she,
2: she went, I mean, she would go through periods of, um, not sleeping for days. And, um, again, you know, I honestly think back, even when she was doing that, that it was, um, the methyl folate, the lack of. Um, because since I've introduced that to her, she has not had one night where she has not slept and, and just, and that's been almost a year. So to, for her to go a whole year without not sleeping, it's, uh, I can't even tell you. I mean, I, I think of some of the things that her, her sister and I have gone through with her and. You know, we'll talk about it now. I'm like, I don't even know how we got through that. I don't know how, you know, up for three days in a row with her because she also has epilepsy. So I can't, you know, if it was a typical kid, okay, shut the door and, you know, let them mess around in their room or whatever. But with the epilepsy, you can't do that because if she ends up having a seizure, you know, you have to be there to help her through that.
1: How did you work? I mean, you know, uh. I don't think people really understand the challenges of trying to make a living, take care of your child or children. Because sometimes um, I knew a parent that both of her, both of her sons, uh, they were oh. twins, and they both had autism. Oh man! And so uh, the trying to work. Um, and and they had other children, and and mm-hmm. so all of that dynamic uh, share those challenges. Cause I really believe that we need to talk more about what goes on, and the best advocate is the parents. Right. And put and, and in it- false. Yes. A lot of it's
2: um, having worked at Voice America. I was there a year uh, when she started having seizures, and um, I was spending more time, you know, going and picking her up and and uh, taking her to doctors and then trying to get back to the office and, and work. And um, Jeff is our president and CEO, and he is just... Uh, I couldn't have worked... And made it having not worked voice America
1: because there are a lot of parents who are uh, don't have that privileges with the companies exactly. uh that they exactly. work for it and they exactly. i i I'm on social media with some of them you know they have those uh parent groups, and that that is a hard thing to do uh it is. That is trying to manage
2: uh, all of it. You know, manage yes. your child, manage your job, manage just typical life and um sorry, the emotional.
1: So how is she like now? Tell uh, share with some of the things that Sam can uh the things that you were able to accomplish that Sam is uh doing now. Where is she now?
2: Um she was, I mean, totally nonverbal um, until I started introducing, you know, biomedical and and the different interventions with her. And um, when she was, you know, before she lost her voice, um, her sister used to tease her. She was a big mama's girl. I called her my lap dog because she wanted to always just be on my lap and me holding her. And her sister would tease her and say, that's my mom, or this is mama, she's my mama, and Sam would push her sister away and say, that's my mom. (laughs) 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 That's my my mama. And, like, get away from my mama. And uh, when her voice was coming back, um, she didn't call me mom, she didn't call me, you know, anything but my mama. So it's like what she... You know, people are like, "What does she understand? What does she remember?" She remembered. You know, here's a 12 year old that hasn't been able to speak for nine years, and when mm-hmm. she can speak, calls me exactly what she called me when she was three. Mm-hmm. So I know that, you know, I know that she's retained what's gone on in her life. Um, you know, she can she can get around. One of the uh, one of the things that I would say is the biggest, biggest improvement. The sleep is one of the big ones, but, um, uh, she used to sleep. I mean, it it was like, if we were sitting in a car, um, she would open the door and run, you know, (laughs) or if we were somewhere and I wasn't, I didn't have my eyeball on her, she would open the door and run out the door and, Mm -hmm. A lot of kids that have, you know, severe autism do that. And it's like they're just running from something. You don't know what they're running from, but they're just taken off. And she does not do that anymore at all. And that I'm incredibly grateful for because that was very scary. It was, Mm -hmm. you know, if we'd get in a car and I would forget to flip the child lock, you know, we could stop at a light and she would be out the door. Oh, and I have a yeah. few friends that mm. I I don't know how I have. Uh, I don't know how I'm still saying. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> 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 but it's like things like that. I forget, you know, like I didn't remember that until just right now because she hasn't been doing that. Um, she can she. Oh, um, we talked about this the other day. She I got introduced to a um, modality of communication. It's called, uh, RPM. It's rapid prompting method. And it's basically a stencil that, um, you have the child, um, spell out different things. So say, or you can just do yes and no, you know, which is just even the yes and the no has been huge with Sam. You know, do you want to watch this movie? Yes or no? You know, and she'll tell me no, and which you know, in my mind, oh this is her favorite movie, of course, she wants to watch it. No, I don't wanna watch it, or do you want this or this to eat? you know, and that has opened up a lot, but we're actually working with her where she has lesson plans, and um she actually um just did it just did the rapid um the r p m last week, I think it was, and um, she wrote a poem. She -hmm. has a boyfriend that uh, she met when she was in seventh grade, and she is totally still in love with him, and we went and saw him um, last week, and uh, when we went to the RPM, I asked the um, facilitator, I said, you know, she wants to write a poem to her boyfriend. And so Leanne worked with her and Sam was able to spell out a poem. And, um, you know, when she was finished and Leanne read it to Samantha, she was, um, you know, she asked her, do you want to, do you want any to change anything? Did we, you know, get, get down or get written down what you, um, wanted to express and and she said yes. So um it's just been I I really if a person has a severely autistic kid that's nonverbal, I highly recommend the RPM. Um one of the kids that started before her, he actually is um has a blog now and his expressing how it is to be a severely autistic kid, how it is to be nonverbal. Mm-hmm. And you can just see the pride and that he has in himself now—it's just—it's just really awesome to see that. Then I would say the—you know—every day it's she's improving, and I know God's trying to teach me patience because it's not—you know—it's a slow progression.
1: It's all for it all of you us, the, the patience. <laughs> That's hard. <yeah. our. laughs> well, we're getting ready. We have another break, and uh, then we'll come right back.
0: It's your world. Motivate. Change.
2: Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: If your organization is looking for a dynamic speaker who presents life issues in a down-to-earth fashion, contact Bernadette Butler, author of Living with Autism. At her website, bbutlertheauthor.com. Bernadette's life experiences and love of God will give a lift and hope to all who hear her. While on her site, you can find out about her books, videos, words of praise, joy and love, and many more resources. Visit Bernadette's site today at bbutlertheauthor.com. In her recent release, Living with Autism, God, Me, and Melvin, from Page Publishing, author Bernadette Butler creates an autobiographical account of the joys and challenges of raising a child with a developmental disorder. Autism and the profound strength she derived from her faith throughout the journey from the beginnings to changes in her son's behavior, silence, diagnosis, and the outcome overall. Get your copy of Bernadette's story at amazon.com or directly from her website at bbutlertheauthor.com.
1: Have you had a chance
2: to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog?
0: You're
1: listening to Black Friday, every Friday here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Grow, evolve, change.
0: You are listening to Embrace the Unexpected with Bernadette Butler. If you'd like to reach the show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's one Or, to reach Bernadette Butler directly, send her a message at her website, bbutlertheauthor.com. Now back to Embrace the Unexpected.
1: Karen and I have very good conversations even during the break. Um, <laughs> cause, because one of the things I had shared with uh, Karen is what happened with Melvin Twice that he had trauma, and I and I remember talking about this uh, before. The first time is when I went to uh, to see. Uh, I I've thought I was pregnant, so I went to Planned Parenthood and uh, to get an examination, uh, and went in there. And at the end, and I never had been examined before. That was my first time. And when the lady took her fist and balled her fist in me, and that hurt so bad. And then she said, I needed to see how many centimeters you were. But I, I, I later, having uh, other children, realized. That wasn't the truth. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I believe somehow she was trying to interrupt my pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Then, then the next time was when um, doing delivery and I was bleeding. And I realized I was hemorrhaging. And my doctor couldn't make it because that was the third time he got stuck in traffic. So the doctor mm-hmm. that was on call. And I remember them putting me on the gurney and then I taking me into the operating room and then said, oh, you won't feel any more pain. They put me to sleep. They gassed me. Mm. And then they pulled Melvin out with forceps. Number one, they don't gas women anymore. No. Number two, they don't uh, pull out with the forceps anymore. Because that that caused this damage. They had caused some damage to some of the children. So uh I, I remember Karen saying, how do you have a baby and you're asleep? How does that happen? Well, Melvin had a mark, two marks on both sides of his head. And I didn't know what that was from until I later understood all that had happened to him. But like I was sharing on the break with you, see, I don't know. Only God knows. And um, mm-hmm. that's not going to change anything. And and the no. thing is, maybe my purpose in life was to talk about these very things that you and I are talking about now. Because I really right. believe that we need to really be very vocal about our children's education, our children's health, and the need for doctors to really uh, uh pay our children attention from childhood to adulthood from them and and work with them and not foo-foo them off uh and mm-hmm. say, oh it's a neurological problem, and don't look at the other aspects of their health as well
2: right I totally agree. One of the things too with with my daughter I was um Induced, and at that time it's it was pitocin, and pitocin uh, has termarisol in it, which is mercury, and so that that was one of the questions when Sam was diagnosed. Um, was Samantha induced? You know, were you given um, were you given pitocin? And um, you know, I was at the time like, why why do they care about that? Yeah. And she also, you know, had, was in trauma when she was, when she was born. So um, I know the Pitocin, you know, being given that and mercury, you know, being in, introduced to, into her body, that little, um, sure didn't help.
1: <laughs> no. Help
2: matters at all.
1: So what, in in all this research and, and for me and you, how uh, how can we help uh, other parents? Because I think it's even more challenging nowadays. There are a lot of single yeah. parents with uh, children yeah. that have autism. And, you know, you have yeah. that wonderful job with Voice America. But I know some that, you know, they, they're at low wage paying, paying jobs. And I had a... a um, intervention uh, uh, specialist that worked with kids at, in the public school system on a couple of weeks or so ago. Mm-hmm. And she said that was the hardest thing because if they needed the parent to come in, they couldn't come in because they said, right. I would lose my job. So right. How? Uh, what can all of us do collectively together in your thoughts, after your experiences with your daughter, what can we do to make uh, even more awareness of what is going on or asking for research, uh, more reaching to autism?
2: uh, A lot of it is, you know, like as we've been talking, we're talking about our kids, and I think a lot of the times we forget about the parents, you know, we forget about um, they're trying to manage this child and, you know, their needs and, and um, you know, being able to just take care of themselves, you know, find a mm-hmm. decent job. I mean, I've had this conversation, again, with, like, I don't even know how many moms that can't work because they're trying to manage their child and they can't find a job that will help them, you know, will be flexible with them. And I think that um in in society and, and in the working in working places, just being able to be um have more compassion towards these families because you, you just really don't know what's going on, you know, and and being able to support the parent, you know, I, I'm I'm very lucky that I have some really good friends that have children, and um, you know, we're totally honest with each other, you know, we call each other and just be like, I can't, you know. Just talk me off the bridge, man. I'm ready mm-hmm. to jump. I'm having a rough day, you know. And, and thank God we have each other, where we, you know, can talk to each other and and be like, okay, you know, you're fine. What do you need, you know? And just helping each other, um, you know, and I and just being able to, I don't know, just creating work situations where these people, you know, that are in these situations, um can manage everything, you know, I'm blessed, you know, I, I'm, I am totally blessed to have Jeff as a boss. He's been nothing but he had nothing but compassion for my situation, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that more, more, um, bosses need to, you know, look at that and, you know, take care of the people. It's like if, if you help take care of, your workers that have these challenges in their life, um, you're going to get loyalty and um, so much more from that person because they truly appreciate what you're doing.
1: Uh, Correct. And I was a stay-at-home mom, so, uh, but I had in my journey with Melvin uh, and being able to stay at home with him and his two sisters and, uh, mm-hmm. I learned to help other other parents because I know mm-hmm. that that wasn't the same for them. It, it was right. totally different. They they had to work, and so right. uh, for for instance, they would uh, say, "Well, if if uh, he or she is in feeling well or sick, could you uh, uh, go down to the school and and." Uh, and be the person to pick them up or um, it it, could you go and, and be at the IEP meetings when I couldn't go and be at the IEP meetings. And I ended up, and, and that's what I, that's what I did. It's, it's almost like we have to form a community and, and, Mm -hmm. uh, and be because there's strength in, in numbers. And you're absolutely correct. Uh, they overlook the emotional well-being of the parent and a lot of times you have other stuff going on because marriages tend not to survive through stuff like this it doesn't
2: right right right
1: and we don't know what goes on in our children's head when there's a, a breakdown in the family and it breaks up and and if they're yeah. verbal or nonverbal, they don't uh quite know how to express the fact, okay, all of a sudden dad is out of the house. Why isn't dad right. here? And you know, right. and they miss that extra person in in the house. And so mm-hmm. uh it, that's a lot of um that's a lot of stuff to uh deal with. It it truly is. Mm-hmm. What, what is, organizations we, do you belong to? Is there any uh, autism organizations that you belong to? Um, I don't necessarily belong
2: to any of them. Um, I, there's one in Arizona called uh, East Valley mm-hmm. um, Autism. It's called EVAN, East Valley Autism Network. Um, mm-hmm. That one's really a nice, um organization um I would say the one that I've been most involved with um is Autism one um it's a conference in chicago uh in may and uh it's it's probably the organization that I've been most involved with, learned the most from um, that I you know give the most credit for helping me. Uh, with Samantha and helping her slowly progress towards um, improving in her life. You know, there, Mm -hmm. you know, there may be a day where we find that bullet. I mean, I do have friends that have healed their kids to the point of being able to, um, you know, live on their own, do things on their own. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they just found that one thing that was missing in their child and, and we're able to, you know, help them to progress. So um, yes, um I just can't give
1: up on her. I just, no, I just will, no. you know, continue. No, don't give up because you never know. Mm-hmm. You never know what happened. So you can't give no. up. Melvin is in a semi-independent. He does a lot mm-hmm. of things for himself, but he's not uh, capable of totally, you know, being on his own. I thank God for that progress. You know what I mean? Um, Oh, yeah. That that he was, you know, I think I shared with you, he told me I'm a man and I need my own space. I'll never forget that. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Hey, I said to myself, something clicked in that brain because he knew how to say that. (laughs) Yes. Well, Well, that's uh, awesome, too, you know what I I really enjoyed the conversation uh and I uh hope that everyone else did too. I want to thank you Karen the time went by quick. I want to thank you yes, so much is. for being a guest on Embrace the Unexpected uh this evening. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Uh uh to uh those who are listening, you know, I had a I've been having a little challenge uh and uh, today And uh, well, for about a couple of weeks or so. And sometimes, you know, you have challenges in your life and you have to be careful not to uh, sink into it. So when I had my prayer time this morning and I was trying to think, okay, Lord, it would be nice if he could just sit down at the table with me and say, okay, this is what you need to do. But that doesn't work like that. So I opened up my uh, Bible and there was this um, bookmark and it said, blessed is she who believe for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. So I looked it up in scriptures, Luke 145, and sure enough, it said that. And so that spoke to me today. See, you never know what might have been if you don't embrace the unexpected. Thank you for listening. This is Bernadette Butler, your host.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Embrace the Unexpected. Be sure to join your host, Bernadette Butler, for another episode next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great weekend.